And yeah. now it's all there. And so now you're just like, all right, I'm, I can't wait until Saturday nope. when this happens and I can walk into the store and pick out my bottle and ha- go home and have, and have the first pour. That's what it's going to feel like uh, when the college football kicks off this weekend. Welcome to the Speakeasy Sports Show. Time to pull up a seat, pour a glass, and talk some ball. Here's your hosts. Daniel and John. What is up, everybody? Speak Easy Sports Show. I'm Daniel. He is John, College Sports and High Spirits. So happy to have you along. John, good evening to you, sir. How are you doing this fine day? Could not be better. I mean, mm-hmm. we, uh, we are looking down the barrel of a fantastic, absolutely fantastic, incredible college football weekend. Uh, mm. The people have been clamoring they want and these it. last few weeks they need have just it. been delivering and it yeah, just they, keeps yeah. getting this every week the stakes <sighs> get higher every week you know it's kind of like uh if, if you've ever been waiting on an allocated bottle to be released like for me mm-hmm. it's it's the high west uh midwinter's night dram and so you know like when the weekends are going to be and you know mm-hmm. when things are going to happen. You've you know scouted. You've talked to the manager. Sc- you've exactly. pulled the store manager aside. And, you've had a heart-to-heart. And yeah. now it's all there. And so mm-hmm. now you're just like, all right, I'm, I can't wait until Saturday nope. when this happens and I can walk into the store and pick out my bottle and ha- go home and have, and have the first pour. That's what it's going to feel like uh, when the college football yes. kicks off this weekend. It's absolutely lovely. Kudos to everyone who will be a part of it. Um, and tease and peace to Alex Grinch, um, who will not be who will not be a part of it this weekend. That man was getting paid, by the way, John, two million dollars this year to coach the worst defense that I have ever seen, ever at the Power Five college football level, like ever seen it's unbelievable how much money he was making yeah to put that product on the field yeah. and so kudos to usc fans you haven't had a lot to cheer for this year but the fact that he's gone is at least one step in the right direction and if you listen to usc fans it's only one of the many steps that need to be taken because a lot of people looking for some more turnover in the coaching staff correct a little, All, little bit higher up a little bit higher up. Listen, all it took was Caleb Williams crying on his mom's shoulder on national mm-hmm. television <laughs> in a moment of, of real emotion yep. to go viral uh, for mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley to look in the mirror and be like, maybe maybe the worst defense in the Power Five um, is not what I should be aiming for when I have this you know, uh, Ferrari of an offense on the other side of the ball. The fact that fielding that defense didn't make him want to fire Alex Grinch, but seeing Caleb Williams cry did, I think tells you everything you need to know about Lincoln Riley. So 100%. Like, we're not uh, we're not breaking any news here, I don't think, um, to anybody that's listening. Listen, John, it is a loaded slate of games. Yep. I'm going to let you have the first choice here. Okay. First bottle off the shelf. I'm going to let you take us somewhere. If you're If you're pulling one game, out of this slate of games, where are you going to go this coming weekend? Daniel, I am drinking um, t- tonight. I'm drinking a Balvenie Doublewood. Ooh. So this Doublewood is a 12-year 
Mm-hmm. Single malt. Single malt. Scotch. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is, uh, it is aged in two casks. So the first cask is the traditional whiskey oak cask. Yep. The other cask is a, a sherry cask. Mm-hmm. So you got this kind of like flashy, you know, sweet thing going on. Then you got a little this, fruity, something. Yeah, a little fruity, yeah. a little spicy. Then you got the mm-hmm. then you got the smoke and the and the old school mm-hmm. everything that you want out of a scotch. This is Utah and Washington. This is Kyle Whittingham uh, and yeah. and uh, and his defense versus Michael Penix Jr. and Dylan Johnson on the other side of the ball. This is uh, you know, an old school guy uh, riding his Harley and mm-hmm. and bringing you know showing up to a fist fight with a pig farmer as a quarterback mm-hmm. um, against uh, one of the you know one of the uh, the highest flying offenses in college football that we felt for a couple of games may have lost their way. I think the best thing that could have happened to Washington is to play. The USC defense. <laughs> to be honest with you, we still don't know if they have lost their way well, because you and I and nine yeah. random people off the street yeah. could go out there and score points against USC. Yeah, exactly. But this game, uh, I am excited to see if this game gives you everything that you want in college football uh, from, you know, again, Utah's the, their struggles on offense have been well documented. Um, uh, their defense is still playing really well, you know, but they, they, they had that that hiccup with Oregon, but then they came back, you know, and played a, a definitely overwhelmed and undermanned Arizona state team. But is that something that gets the Utah uh, team a little bit right? So I'm excited to see Utah and Washington excited to see kind of that mix of the old school, the Kyle Whittingham way um, and some of that flash uh, that Washington Mm -hmm. is going to bring. I think without meaning to Washington fans, who are watching this um, without meaning to, I think I inadvertently called your team fruity in that analysis. Didn't did not intend to at all, but it, uh, it may have happened. And I'll tell you who's not fruity. Dylan Johnson, (laughs) Dylan Johnson. There was nothing fruity about what Dylan Johnson did. uh, uh, Good field. That dude brought the wood. Um, Shout out Dylan Johnson. Yeah. You talk about, Talk about a double cask guy, Mississippi State transferred. Yeah, you know, overshadowed by these wide receivers and all this high flying yeah. offense uh, comes if, in and just. What absolutely if I just towed it twenty six times for two fifty? <laughs> I just get out of here for. What if, put, what if it's ten yards? Uh, ten yards a pop. Like what if I yeah, just yeah. do that? Yeah, that's, we'll just get out here. Get out here and get after it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna go to my game uh, uh, that I'm of the week that I'm looking forward to. Uh, before I do that, forgot to mention at the top of the show, home field gift card, $75. If you want it, we mentioned on the last show, if you want it, the link is in the description for how you sign up for the email list. You have to sign up for the email list, and you have to subscribe to this show. That's all you have to do. A couple weeks, we will select a winner at random from everyone who has done both of those things. And um, it might be you, $75 to home field, spend it on whatever you want, get a little Utah Utes, a little old school logo shirt. That's a, that's a fantastic looking shirt that you get. Or maybe you get a Penn State whiteout shirt. That's, maybe that's what you do on home field. <clears throat> because Penn State hosting the biggest game of the season, and because Fox hates good things and they hate me, and they hate Penn State. This game is at noon. 
It's the big noon nooner on Fox. I don't know whose idea it was to put the biggest college football games of the day in the worst time slot of the day. They should be by far. They should be charged and fined. It should be on their permanent record that they made the decision for this game to be at noon. John, I'm going to make a statement. I don't know that there are. I don't know that there are three better things about college football than a Penn State whiteout. Yeah. Like I, you just it is on a very short list of things. Mm-hmm. When you list the very best things about college football, the Penn State night whiteout game is among the best every single time. And now this game, the biggest game of the year, Penn State gets to host Michigan, is going to be played at noon. And and even if they white it out, it just doesn't have the same energy. It doesn't have the same atmosphere. It doesn't have the same yeah. look about it because you're not playing under the lights at that stadium, Beaver Stadium, which is absolutely one of the most insane yeah. places to play a night game in college sports. And yet... Penn State does get to host Michigan. Michigan's got all the stuff going on. They've got all of the distraction. They got all the noise, all the Jim Harbaugh stuff. But listen, I'm going to say this. You can like this or you can not like this. I'm just going to tell you the truth. What what whether you like it or not doesn't is not relevant. The truth is is that no matter how you feel about Michigan, this thing that's happened is going to galvanize this football team and make them play better. Yeah. And again, you might really wish that that wasn't true because Michigan's an easy team to cheer against right now for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But Michigan's going to rally around this because that's what teams do, yeah. right? That's what people do in situations like this where they feel like it's us against the world, our backs are against the wall, everybody's out to get us. You heard the Michigan guy you know, make the statement like, oh, we're, we're going to be the villain of college football now, blah, blah, blah. This is the mindset that you have to have if you're on this team. I think Michigan's going to play better down the stretch because of this, and now Michigan's getting into the part of their their schedule where they actually have to play somebody, and so they actually have to play better. I did not like what I saw. From Allard, the Penn State quarterback, when they went and played against Ohio State. I did not like what I saw from the Penn State running game. I did not like what I saw from James Franklin, the coach, when they went and played at Ohio State. Hmm. Michigan's a better team than Ohio State. And so, even though it's at home, I think it's going to be a tough sled for Penn State. But... This is a this is a must see game. It's a huge game in the Big Ten. It's a huge game in the college football playoff rankings. Um, you got to watch it at noon. And if you're sitting at home on your couch watching football, it's nice that there's a massive game on at noon because you'll have something to watch early in the day. Yeah, and listen, I think um, the whiteout definitely the whiteout not having the full effect should make it easier for Michigan to steal the signs. And yeah, that's true. And just roll uh, um, in this game. <laughs> no, I agree. With, I agree a hundred percent what you're saying. Um, if you've never been in a locker room, you don't understand uh, the us against the world mentality. And when you there, there are very few things when it comes to a sports team 
that can motivate a team, that can galvanize a team, that can that can really create real juice, not fake juice, real mm-hmm. juice, real fire in the belly, mm-hmm. uh, than that feeling of us against the world. Everybody thinks we're only good because of X, Y, Z. Um, Michigan is a good football team. No matter what you think about them, they are a very, very talented, physical, tough, gifted football team. And um, offensively, yeah. they just can come at you in a lot, in a lot of ways. And yeah. they're they're hard to stop. And mm-hmm. and defensively, they they're athletic and they're they're very good on that side of the ball as well. It's a yeah. They're a very complete team. They're a very good team. They're a very veteran team. Nobody returned more production from last year's team to this year's team than Michigan did. It was like something like 80% of their offensive and defensive production returned from last year's team. They're a veteran team. They know how to get things done. And so normally you see a team that plays a schedule that soft early in the season and you worry they don't know how to win. But this is the same Michigan team that went to the college football playoff last year. The same Michigan team that beat Penn State and Ohio State last year. And so they know how to win big games. Mm-hmm. They've played big games, just not this year. And so uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see how they do, but I am, I'm definitely leaning Michigan in that game. Um, all right, John, give the people what they want. You mentioned fake juice, and so we should talk about Georgia because Georgia fans immediately, anytime you say that phrase, fake juice, Georgia fans immediately going to go into a bit of a, bit of a cold sweat. Um, Georgia's not going to be wearing any black jerseys on Saturday, um, but they are going to be hosting uh, the Mississippi Rebel Bears um, in Ugh. Sanford Stadium. And so uh, number two versus number nine, um, give me give me your thoughts on the game and give me percentage chance that Ole Miss keeps this close slash pulls it out. Well, so the Land Sharks, Bear Sharks, mm-hmm. um, Coming to town to play Auburn Junior, basically. Auburn Junior. So many mascots. Um, Lane Kiffin summed it up. Lane Kiffin summed it up uh, this week in his press conference. Lane Kiffin said that they run that Ole Miss runs a pretty unique offense, and that when that offense is working, they it has the opportunity to neutralize talent on the defensive side of the ball, and when it's not working, it's not pretty. And so um, I think you know. When I look at this matchup, uh, I'm so excited for this game for a number of reasons. One, um, what Ole Miss does on the offensive side of the ball, I think, is is partly where Georgia has str- has struggled a little bit this year. Um, mm-hmm. When you think about um, the ability, you know, in some cases to uh, stop the run, Ole Miss can come at you in multifaceted ways. You got Trey Harris, who just went off against Texas A&M, um, who has some good players on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited to see, uh, that matchup, but I think I watched the Ole Miss defense versus LSU and boy, um, boy, (laughs) it was bad. It was incredibly bad. And it wasn't just bad. Like Alabama's defense was bad against LSU because Alabama was Jaden Daniels was running all over. Uh, well, when Jaden Daniels was playing, Alabama's when he was playing, defense was well, bad yes, against LSU. yes, yeah. yes, uh, which would have been, you know, Alabama has this thing, you know, with with um, Colt McCoy, with Quinn Ewers in Austin mm-hmm. last year. Now Jaden Daniels, my, mm-hmm. mysteriously, quarterbacks is, end up 
getting hurt when they play when they play Alabama. Just random. Probably it's just random. random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but Ole Miss, you know, when they played uh, LSU, it wasn't it wasn't just Jaden Daniels, you know, running all up and down the field um, as as the only kind of weapon. So. Um, I think Georgia has a lot of weapons that they're going to bring at Ole Miss. I think Georgia, uh, this is the type of game that if you believe in the Kirby Smart, formerly Nick Saban uh, way when Nick Saban had the talent to be able to do this, where you roll out and you play games like at Vanderbilt and you're, you're putting your team in situations to prepare them for something coming down the road. I think this is the game that Georgia has been preparing for leading up to. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be I, – I still don't think – I don't think the Georgia – the 2023 version of Georgia football is uh, a team that's going to roll the ball out and just annihilate a team like Ole Miss. I do think Ole Miss will make this game respectable. Um, but I think Georgia ultimately on the offense side of the ball is just going to have too much talent. I think the offensive line in the trenches, I think the running game, I think um, you have uh, guys like Lab McConkie and Ra-Ra Thomas um, that are going to be uh, put in some good – good mismatches and um, as long as Georgia doesn't turn the ball over I think this will be uh, a pretty a pretty pedestrian win from Georgia um, where the game will never will likely never be in doubt Homer the Homer pick um, uh, I'm going to give you some more games John that I think are those are kind of the three marquee games mm-hmm. of the weekend but there's so many games this weekend. I'm going to give you some under the radar, and let's just get some quick thoughts on them as we go. Alabama's going to Lexington, John. They're coming off the big win against LSU, emotional win, big game, home game. And now they're going to Lexington for an 11 a.m. kick, for a nooner. Mm-hmm. Um, any chance that this game is close. I mean, I, I, yeah, there's a chance that it's close because Mark Stoops can, there's one thing that Mark Stoops can do. He can muck up a game in Lexington. Oh, yeah. That guy, oh, yeah. I mean, you saw Georgia last year go up with a, Georgia was an absolute killing machine and went up there and won 16 to six. Uh, yeah. The game was never that close, but uh, so I think, I think Mark Stoops definitely, this is a type of game that it feels like he's been waiting on the type of game that he is very excited to just muck up to make it as ugly as possible um, and, uh, you know, and keep it close. Do I think Kentucky has a chance to win? Absolutely not. But I do I do think they have a chance to keep it close and make it ugly. This is my sleeper game of the day, 2.30 ABC, Miami, Florida State. Mm. It's really under the radar. Miami's not even ranked anymore. They've fallen on some hard times. We all remember the Georgia Tech game and the Mario Cristobal absolute disaster. Um, but since then, Miami seemingly has not recovered. They're now 6-3. and three. They've, They picked up two more losses mm-hmm. on the year. It's not been great. But this is a big-time rivalry game, and you know that these Miami players want this one bad. The line is only 14 points. I think I'm not predicting it. But, John, if there's a team that needs to be on upset alert on Saturday, it's Florida State. If this game's in Miami, I honestly think Florida State might have a better chance to win because Miami doesn't have any fans. Correct. There's no juice. But Talk the, about juice. But the fact that it's in Tallahassee and it'll actually have there'll actually be fans in the stands, mm-hmm. I think is going to give Miami something to play for 
uh, more so than playing in an empty Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, and so I, I'm not saying Miami's going to win, but I like Miami and the points in this game. I think this game could be close. Yeah, don't let the NC State score fool you from Miami last last week. Miami um, outperformed NC State in all areas when they had the ball, except for turnovers. Tyler Van Dyke yeah. threw three three interceptions and they had a fumble. Um, so yeah, it's a I, perfect sleepy recipe for mm-hmm. Florida State to go out and yeah. take an L. Daniel, um, what do, what do you think about Tennessee Missouri? Yeah, it's it's hard to get up off the mat. When you get you gave it all you had, and you got punched in the mouth, it's hard to get right back up off the mat and go back to war again the next week. I know the game is at home, you know I know it's in Columbia, but I like Tennessee here. I just think Tennessee. I don't think they're the better football team. I don't think they're the more talented football team. I do think in in a game like this, they have a chance to be the better coached football team. And I do think that you just cannot, this game's not played on paper. And you cannot discount the fact that these are 18 to 22 year old kids. And there was a group of 18 to 22 year old kids that thought that they were going in to slay Goliath on Saturday. And they got punched in the mouth. And it's hard to get up off the mat. So. I got to lean Tennessee here. I think they've got more in front of them. I think they've got more to play for in their minds. And so um, it'll be it'll be a fascinating game. This is must-watch football for me. I think mm-hmm. it'll be a fascinating game. Yep. Kind of two contrasting styles of of teams, really. Yeah. Like and yeah. pe- coaches the way they want to build their program. Yeah. For two offensive coaches – to go up against each other and like who would have thought we were going to come into this game and Missouri has the better quarterback mm-hmm. by a lot. Mm-hmm. Missouri has the better wideouts by a lot, by a lot. And after last week, Missouri might have the better running back by a I, lot. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, but, but I still like Tennessee. I think Tennessee might have the better defense. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's so it's who such would a have wild... thought that this game that was gonna yeah. turn out yeah, it's crazy though. It's crazy. Um uh last sleeper game of the night, I think, is Texas TCU. Mm. Um on the Locked On Bulldogs podcast, I got laughed I got laughed at. Because I because I'm taking TCU in the points here. You name a more Texas thing, John. Mm. Name a thing that's more Texas than Texas going into Fort Worth and losing to the worst TCU team you've ever seen in your entire life. Boy. Like it would be the most Texas thing that Texas had ever Texas. I mean, they they did it with uh well, they know they did that at home when they lost to Kansas a couple of years ago, so yeah. I mean, they definitely don't put it past them and they also uh, almost went into Houston against a team that is not very good, getting better, but not very good, and almost lost that game too. So, could totally see it. Uh, yeah, it's a great slate. It's an absolutely fantastic slate. It's loaded with college football. Enjoy it. Um, uh, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for watching the show. Subscribe. Uh, get over to the link in the description. Sign up for the email list. Register to win that home field gift cards, and um, we will see you guys next week. 